We are in a perfect storm when it comes to individual disability insurance. There has never been a better time to be offering disability insurance solutions to your clients. Consider that there are an unlimited amount of prospects. There is virtually no competition. Products are better than ever, and compensation is at an all-time high. Doesn't that sound like a business opportunity in which you want to be involved? But there is no easy button to push. You still have to put in the work to have conversations with prospects and clients about the importance of protecting their income and their business. The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have these conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. Welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. I'm Chris Carlson. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Cogdo. Mike, what is shaking in Denver, Colorado today? Well, everybody's, we've lifted the stay-at-home order, but it's now more of a please stay-at-home order. So whatever that means, Chris, I'm not sure. Uh, weather update is always here in Denver, Colorado, is we've gone from two weeks ago, I think you heard me talking about record cold and snow, to today in April we may have 90 degrees and a record temperature for high on this particular day. So welcome to the world of four seasons in 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> if you look long enough, you get used to it, Chris. That's crazy. Well, Mike, on this episode, uh, our listeners probably remember that the last time we were together is we talked about overcoming objections and we talked about overcoming the it won't happen to me objection. And we kind of teed up the next objection, most common objection, and that is it costs too much. Now, Mike, you and I have discussed for 30 years about things that you can say or questions that you can ask when a prospect or a client gives, you know, that objection. So I was hoping maybe you could share today two or three examples of how you in the past have successfully dealt with that objection. Chris, thanks. And we'll just kind of, for lack of a better term, we'll banter back and forth a little bit here this morning and talk about cost. Cost is, you know, I always hearken back to, and I think I've already said this in a previous podcast, what you don't say when you bring your fiance home to meet your parents for the first time is, hi, I love her. This is my fiance. We'll call her Gwen today. This is my fiance, Gwen. And what I like about her most is she's cheap. Um, you just don't do that. Cost is a relative term, and when you really look, let's let's be analytical for a second. When you look at the cost relative to all other insurances for what the value of what you're getting is, it suddenly becomes not as expensive as one would think or overcoming the cost. You know, people always go, you know, well, it, it costs too much, and what if I never use it? How many times have you heard that? What if I have this for 35 years and I never use it? Let's start with that cost. That just seems like a waste of money. You ever heard that? Countless times. Countless, countless, countless times. Absolutely. It's like, well, if I spend this, if I do this for 35 years, Mike, and guess what? I don't ever use it and I'm 65 and I give you this, we'll call it $3,000 a year. Everybody can do the math. The time's 30 years. It's almost a hundred grand. If I would have put that in the market times X and rule of 72, I would have. The, the easiest one right there is, 
do you own your house? And the answer is no, I still have a mortgage. I go, good, because a mortgage requires you to have homeowner's insurance, correct? It does. Yeah, you have to have it because the bank or whomever the lending institution is wants their money. And in the event that thing is destroyed, we'll call it a fire, destroyed by fire, uh, the bank will at least receive, you know, what the loan payoff will happen. If you own your home outright, you just don't owe anybody a dime. Do you need to carry homeowner's insurance, Chris? Well, legally, no. That's my question. Thank you. It's all the part that you need to go. Is you know what? You're not required by anybody. It's your asset. You do with it what you want now because you know what? You're not indebted to anybody. So my question always to, to back to a, a person that says it costs too much is, so you'll spend $2,500 a year, and I'm just randomly using a number, $2,500 a year on your homeowner's insurance for a house that's going to be worth, let's make it worth $750,000. Take that times 40 years, and we've got the same kind of math, Chris. Here's the difference. It's a $750,000 asset that's going to have a hard time going up in price, you know, let's say the average is 3% a year. I mean, in Denver, it was 25 for a year. But there was a period of time where it was minus 3. So the average is, say, 4% appreciation. My point is it doesn't go up all that much. And it does over time, and it seems like it's worth a lot more 30 years later to pay for it, as it should be. My point is, is if you have a $5,000 monthly benefit at 60000 a year times 30 years, Chris, my math is slow, but it's not bad. What is six times three? Uh, 18. So when we add a zero to that, is that $1.8 million? I think so. I think so. So if you have an asset worth seven fifty that you're spending 2500 a year for, and let's say the asset goes to a million two over 30 years, you've got a $1.8 million, almost a $2 million asset right now that I'm asking you to spend $3,000 a year for, and you can't, see the, you can't see the rationale. So I guess my point is, is if you pay for your house, you're going to cancel the insurance and let it burn to the ground. Fair? If it does, it does. You're out the asset. You don't care. And, and the obvious answer is, no, I do care. I don't want to lose. I'm not, I'm not willing to risk losing all that asset, be it 750 be it a million, or whatever it's appreciated to. I mean, I know this is understated, but that's my point, is if you've got a bag of money, and you'll hear us say this over and over again with, a, with this particular, especially the podcast with the DI guys, this bag of money runs everything that you do. If you're not insuring this bag of money, income protection, then why really insure anything else? Why? What, what difference is it? You know, Mike, it's, it's really a great point. And one of the things that what we need to do, I believe, when, when people are giving us that objection, m most of the time it's for people who have never been presented the opportunity to talk about income protection and to buy disability insurance because they're out of that doctor market, dental market, maybe attorney market. So in their defense, they don't know what they don't know. So they think it should be like credit card insurance. Correct. So when, and we've talked about this before, Mike, when we come in there in, in that premium, I, I think the average premium in the industry today is something like $2,600 a year. You're right, right? The money. It's between 2600 and 3000 This from yeah. the carriers that I currently use. Yeah. So if you've never seen how much it costs, that seems like a lot of money. And here's the problem. Here's what the, the average prospect looks at. I'm paying $2,600 a year premium for a $5,000 a month benefit. Now, they're not making the connection about that that's, you know, a little over $200 a month and the potential benefit from this policy. 
could be 1.8. But as important, the asset that we're protecting really is the annual income times those 30 plus years plus a rate of inflation. So really what we're doing is that $200 a month premium is protecting a potential asset of three to four to five million dollars. And so if you want to be analytical, the bigger the difference in those two numbers, the more app people are going to start to understand. But if we focus in on $2,600 premium for a $5,000 month benefit, they don't know enough at that point in time to really understand what's going on. So it's incumbent upon the advisor to really stretch it out and really explain what's going on there. So that's sorry to be so long-winded on that one, Mike, but I, I just think it's something that needs to that everybody needs to remember when they're talking to people who have never seen this before. Yeah, it's, it's going to sound like a, it's a, a lot of money. Chris, let's go all the way back to when you and I started in the late 80s, whenever. Something I learned at the very beginning of my career in the disability insurance world. Cost is, is always an issue, and we're going to have a couple of more ideas here in a second on how to overcome cost. But one of the easiest that I remember, it's an old, it's almost like a Grimm's fairy tale. And you're going to know where I'm going with this. Chris, would you rather insure the goose that lays the golden egg or the egg? Oh, well, definitely the goose because the goose is going to keep laying the golden eggs. Wow, Chris, that's my whole point. You're the goose. Your income is the egg. Without your production, the egg doesn't exist. For those of you that don't want to do a little fairy tale, switch it to an oil well in your backyard. I used to do this many a time way back in the day. You got an oil well in your backyard. You're lucky. And it pumps 60 grand a year tax free to you. No matter what. And it's going to pump. Well, how much would you pay Chris to ensure that that oil well is never going to run dry for sure until you're 67 years of age and getting 60 grand a year? No matter what, it will pump and pump and pump. It's not going to run dry. And you're going to guarantee that well will continue to pump in the event that you get hurt or sick, no matter what happens, that well's going to continue to pump. Well, the, the smart ass in me, Mike, wants to say as little as possible, but the reality is if I spend, if I give you $59,999, I'm still $1 to the good. So anything between one and $59,999 still makes me a profit. If it's guaranteed, I'm going to get to 60, right? Make it easy. People, make it easy. In the event that somebody gets hurt or sick, put an analogy in there that says it only makes sense for me to do this. They call them money trees. It's the exact same thing. If you had a money tree, um, what would you insure, the money or the money tree? The goose that lays the golden egg, the well that pumps the oil or the well. Everything comes back to you, the person that generates the income. Another one that Chris and I like to use, and we've talked about this on numerous occasions, especially in today's world, and let's step back for one second and talk about where we are today. Again, everybody, everybody listening has a story to tell. You know, I got, I did a, I did a NAFA yesterday, uh, lunch and learn, obviously with a Zoom for, uh, for a group on the East Coast. And one of the things that came back with for me, which was a nice compliment is you're a good storyteller. Well, everybody now has a story to tell. Every single person has a story to tell. And if you, you've heard this from me four or five times, just tell somebody where you were New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And then fast forward for me, it was the 25th of March. And my governor of the state of Colorado, Governor Paul, has said, dude, you're not going anywhere. You're locked down. Businesses are closing. The world stops as you know. 
I would have bet you my 401k, Chris, that you were making a story up, right? A story. That there's no way that's going to happen. How could that possibly happen in the United States of America? That's what I would have said. So now you get the opportunity. Every single listener goes, I have a story to tell. Nobody's going to argue that anything can happen at any time. So then you put that into your perspective of disability insurance or income protection, as we refer to it on the show here, and talk about it. And one of the things I've done, Chris, and I'm going to do this for you. I know your kids are grown, but it's still, it's still relative to where we are. Technology and the cost of technology in today's world. In other words, what we spend for the privilege of having a phone, computer, television, Netflix, Hulu, on demand, Amazon Prime. Need I go farther or shall I stop there? Mike, I'm already starting to total those up, and it's a crap pot full of money. It's a heck of a lot more than any DI policy I've ever looked at or bought. Chris, I did my own. And remember, everybody out there that listens or new to us, I'm not the youngest man that's ever had children, but I have two two beautiful daughters that are 9 and almost 12, and we're homeschooling. So we basically have our Internet, which we've always had anyway, equal to as far as speed to that of a small business because there's right now there's five or six different computers running in my house with my wife's business, my business, telephones, computers, everything. There's a lot of mat- there's a lot of things going on. I myself spend almost you can call me crazy, it's just under five hundred dollars a month for all of it. Comcast, AT&T, um, all of the services because somebody has to watch something on Prime and I have to watch something on Netflix. I mean it all happens. It's just the way it works. The packages, there's certain shows I can't miss. I have to watch, you know, Homeland. And I could go on and on with what I watch, especially in today's world, I watch a lot more. Point is, that's five hundred dollars a month. That's six thousand dollars a year that I spend on technology. And the problem is is if I can't pay my technology bills, Unlike 1969, where the meter guy came and said, hey, you haven't paid your bill, Mr. Coggle, in six months. We're going to have to disconnect you today. They actually had to come to your house and disconnect you. Chris, how does it work today? You don't pay your phone bill and you don't pay your technology in general bill, regardless of who you use. They can switch it off just very, very easily at whatever central location that they have. Correct. You and I, I, I always call it, you know, and I'm not really sure what the cloud is, but it, 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 it doesn't, all of those things do something important. All they have to do is shut my service off somewhere. I don't know who did it, why they, I know why they did it because I didn't pay my bill. So we're doing $6,000 a year in technology costs. Chris, again, back to your original statement here a minute ago, is the 6000 go a long way when buying income protection? Oh my goodness, Mike. I mean, it's going to, it's going to ensure the overwhelming majority of the prospects and clients that our listeners talk to. Sure, there's an occasional $20,000 a month benefit bought by somebody who's 59 years old, but the average premium across the industry is between $2,600, $3,000, just depending on how you look at it. So I'm not real good at math, but that's, you know, your technology bill is twice the, the average of a DI policy. Remember when we had the one percenters and everybody talked about the one percenters? Yep. So we're insuring 99% of all people with that amount of money and below, and actually we're insuring some of that 1%, fair? Yep. So we're covering just about everybody on the planet, and we already started early today just to jog memories here real quickly, is the average premium is somewhere between 26 and three grand a year, and that's average. So that's right in the middle. That includes, you know, somebody that's making $60,000 a year and a physician making $30,000 a month. 
So the spread is all over the board. My point is, with technology, we're willing to spend because, oh, and by the way, is all the technology insured, computers and phones, the actual hardware? Uh, probably, well, it's just it's a couple ways you need to look, take a look at that, Mike. Some people will buy a maintenance plan when they buy mm-hmm. some of these things. Right. And then, you know, maybe your computer, you might get a little bit of money if your house was destroyed by fire right. and it was in the contents policy, but there's not an insurance plan specifically for the, for the computer or the phones typically. No. And what's interesting is, as I just brought this up again yesterday too, is imagine if your phone was shut off and you never knew when it was going to be turned back on. How would you feel? Mike, I, if something goes out for five minutes, I start to, start to get, get kind of itchy. I call it angst. Absolutely correct. So imagine that this is going to happen for maybe the rest of your life because you know what? There's no more bag of money to take care of all of these little issues that we have day to day and it's called living. Imagine that stopping forever. Think about that for one second. And then, I, and then I'm going to, as we end this podcast today, I'm going to ask another question. This is the third of how you overcome what I call an insincere objection, and that is cost, because it needs to be put in perspective. And hopefully we've done that. But I don't have a problem. And again, I say things differently than a lot of other people will or do. I'm just me. I'm fairly direct. But when someone looks at me and talks about cost, here is the question that I ask. And remember out there in the listening audience, you can ask this question a lot of ways, but I'm fairly direct, as you know. And it's all right. Let me just ask you this question. In the event you get hurt or sick and you can't go to work anymore, tell me, what is your family worth to you? No dollar limits too high. I mean, they're everything to me. So I ask it again. You just told me what your family is worth to you is everything. In the event that you get hurt or sick for whatever reason and you can't work for a period of time, and I don't know if that's six months, a month, or 25 or 30 years, because remember, we already said this today, anything can happen at any time, because you know what? We're all still sitting at home pretty much across America. Unexpected on January 1st that we'd all be home on March 26th. Now it's April 29th, doing what we're doing. So keep in mind, anything can happen at any time. So if your paycheck stops, what does that do to this family that's worth everything to you? Uh, it's a lot of changes we'd have to make, obviously, if there's no money coming in. Right. And as I've always said, there ain't going to be no bake sale for the Cogdell girls. I brought them into this world. I'm responsible for them. I'm going to make sure that if something happens to me, that they're well taken care of because it's my job. It's my number one job, by the way. And with that, I always say, this is the way you overcome an insincere objection is you hit right to the heart of it. What is your family worth? You know, you got to throw your own ego in there a little bit. Correct, Chris? Because if I'm actually disabled, I'm here to be part of this as well. I don't want my children to look at me if something happens to me and I'm not working and I'm talking to them about foreclosure versus, you know what, house, school, and cable, they're still happening, kids. We're okay. Dad thought of this, or mom thought of this, or both thought of this. That's where we have to end up with this stuff. It's you got to raise the blister just a little bit, Chris. With that, I turn yeah, Mike, back to you, my friend. Yeah, I, I want to something that's very critical that you just said. You know about you being forward, but I, I what I, I'm going to kind of turn the words on you and say is you you have conviction that gives you permission to have the courage to ask the additional questions. And I think that that's so important to all of our, our listeners. Look, if you're a listener out there and, and you're a strong DI producer and, and you get all this, we, we commend you. But we also know that the overwhelming majority of advisors out there don't write very much. 
the average producer writes less than two DI policies a year. That's for the ones that do. Okay. And there's obviously there's, there's hundreds of thousands of advisors and financial advisors that don't do any. My point is this. You have to have the conviction and the courage to ask the additional question. Cause if you don't have the conviction that your client needs this, you're going to crumble at the insincere objections. And so I think, Mike, that is, you know, what you're really saying. And then, Mike, I want to tease the audience for our next episode. Please. You said something, and this is a line that uh, I stole from you many years ago when you brought up the example of, you know, what happens if I pay the premium and I never use the policy, i.e. a claim? You told me a long time ago, Mike, about protection when you need it, cash back when you don't. Yes. Let's talk about that on our next episode because there are still solutions out there and there is a carrier who's going to bring it back to the market. So I think it's something that is very, very interesting that we touch on uh, in our next episode. Chris, I couldn't agree more. There's there, there there's so many solutions to this simple little problem is in the event I get hurt or sick, I need money. We hopefully can present as many solutions and sales concepts to you as we possibly can. That's our goal. Well, Mike, great ideas today. Enjoy that uh, the heat wave rolling through Denver, and I look forward to our next episode. Chris, absolutely. Thank you, and let's all get back to normal. Thanks. Bye.